Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that dares to take you for a ride through the weirdest stories of the Middle Ages. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and it's Halloween! In honor of the year's scariest day, today I bring you a werewolf story. Possibly the most popular supernatural story of the Middle Ages, this is Bisclavret by Marie de France, written sometime in the 13th century. And it goes something like this. It used to happen in days of old. Quite a few men became werewolves and set up housekeeping in the woods. A werewolf is a savage beast, while the fury is on it, at least. Eats men, wrecks evil, does no good, living and roaming in the deep wood. Now I'll leave this topic set. I want to tell you about Bisclavret. Bisclavret was a baron who lived in Brittany. He was a good and handsome knight. Everyone liked him and the king held him to special affection. He was, you see, his personal adviser. He was also married to a lady, a very pretty, very well-mannered, very loving wife. She loved him and he loved her. But there was one thing that made her feel a bit uneasy. Every month, Miss Clavray would disappear for three days, not telling where he was, not coming home to sleep. She started wondering, and one time when he returned, she asked him. My dear sweet love, she said, I want to ask you something, but I think you will get mad. So I'm afraid to ask. Is it okay to ask? Never fear to ask me, said Miss Clavray. No matter what the question is, never fear to ask me. Well, you see, you disappear, she said. You go away three days every month. You don't come home to sleep. No one knows where you've been. And I really don't know what's happening. And I'm starting to think that you're seeing someone else. I do not have a lover, said Bisclavret. And please don't ask me where I go. If I tell you this, I will lose you. I will lose your love. And I will lose myself. Please, don't make me answer this. Of course you realize that this didn't work, so the lady insisted. I have nothing, I keep nothing from you, she said. I have no secrets and neither should you. Please, please trust me. Bisclavret's heart broke. Lady, he said, on these three nights I become a werewolf. I enter the forest, live in the deepest part of the wood, I hunt, I run, and I leave off the prey I can capture. When that happens, she asked, are you dressed? No, no, he said. When I become a werewolf, I do go about completely naked. So what happens to your clothes? She asked. That I will not tell you, because if I lose them or if someone finds them when I'm at that state, I will not be able to come back again. So you don't trust me after all, she said. Me that loves you more than the whole world. You still doubt me. You're not telling me everything, are you? And so she insisted until finally Bisclavray gave. Lady, I will tell you. Beside the wood near the path I follow, there is an old chapel. And there, there is a bush. Next to the bush, there is a broad stone. It's hollowed out in the center. And in this hole, I put my clothes when I, when I change. And then I take them back and return home. The lady heard this, took note and went away. But from that point on, she was flushed with fear. For her husband was not who she thought he was. And she was shocked, afraid, and a little bit disgusted to be married to something that she understood to be a monster. So, not long after, she sent a messenger to a friendly knight. 
Now that night, he lived nearby, and he had been in love with her for a while, and also not keeping it a secret. He's been flirting with her, courting with her, and pleading for her love for a very long time, and this time she sent a message to say, Rejoice! It's your lucky day! Everything that I have refused you, I'm willing to grant you. I'm even willing to give you my body today and become your mistress. But you're going to have to do something for me. You're going to have to get rid of my husband. And when they met, she told him everything he needed to know. The path that Bisclavai took to the forest, the hallowed stone, and how to take his clothes and bring them back to her. Thus was Bisclavai betrayed. When the time came, he again left for the forest, left his clothes in the hallowed stone, went under the trees and disappeared. But that night was following. So as Bisclavai was disappearing under the trees, the knight was picking up his clothes from the stone. Bisclavai never returned. But because he was often missing, everyone thought, well, he just disappeared for good. Wherever it was he was going, he decided to stay there. They looked for him for a while, but soon they had to decide that maybe something really bad happened. His wife was considered a widow, and Bisclavai was considered gone. She married the knight we've been talking about, and they started a life together. A whole year passed, until one day the king went hunting in the forest, in the same forest where Bisclavray had gone missing. And very soon the hounds came upon Bisclavray himself, and the hunters rounded up on him, and they were just about to capture him when Bisclavray jumped in front of the king's horse, took hold of his stirrup and kissed his foot. The king saw this and was filled with marvel. What is this glorious beast? he said. Let no one harm it. Look how it humbles itself before me. It has an intelligence of a human. It knows I am king. Take the dogs away. This beast is now my companion and under my protection. So the company left with Bisclavray following along. He stayed close to the king. He didn't want to be separated from him. He really stayed by his horse. And they kept walking through the countryside until they arrived to the castle, where Bisclavray became a sensation. Everyone was saying that they never saw a wolf so kindly mannered, so affectionate, so sweet. It slept with the knights in the king's presence and it followed the king wherever he went, like a puppy. Now here's what happened next. The king held court and all of his barons and those who had fiefs from him were summoned so that they could celebrate together the big festival the king was putting together. Among them was the wife of Bisclavray, and her new husband, the knight. As soon as the knight entered the hall, Bisclavray left the side of the king and leapt towards him, threatening to tear him into a thousand pieces, and only stopped when the king shouted from the other end of the room, threatening the beast with a stick to stop. Bisclavray did stop, but the king was very surprised. There was two other occasions that they ran into each other that day, Bisclavray and the knight, and in both occasions Bisclavray went again for his throat and only was held back by the words of the king. Everyone in the royal household said, this is not normal and it wouldn't have happened without a good reason. It must be that the knight somehow has infuriated or wronged the beast in some way in the past. This looked very much like revenge. Soon the festival came to an end and everyone went back to their own fiefs. The knight in question was the first one to go, so that's saying a lot about what you need to know about him. Not long after that, the king went hunting again, and he went back into the forest where Bisclavray had been discovered. 
Bisclavray, of course, was again with him, and the company stayed in the area for a while. Now, as you remember, this was the area where Bisclavray's original place was from. So his wife still lived there, and she found out that the king was there, and dressing herself in the most elegant manner, she went to give her respect to the king and to give him a very expensive present. When Bisclavray saw her approaching the king, he dashed towards her, threw her on the ground, and bit her face so hard that he managed to go away taking her nose off. From all sides he was threatened, with spears pointing at his flesh, and he stopped, just short of being torn to pieces himself, when a wise man said to the king, My king, this is very strange indeed. This beast has lived with you for the best part of last year, and no one has seen him at any point show any indication of violence except on two occasions, now and on your festival a few days ago, when this lady's husband was there and we couldn't keep the beast off him. I think, I think the beast has some grudge against her and her husband, and I think she knows why. So, my lord, I think it's a wise thing to do to ask her, question her, and find out what's happening here. This is sound advice, said the king. Let's question this lady. Pain and fear combined made her reveal everything about her ex-husband. How she had betrayed him and taken his clothes, how he was shape-shifting and becoming a werewolf three days per month. And she said that no one has seen him since his clothes were taken. She was quite convinced that the beast that made away with her nose was actually Bisclavray himself. The king asked her to produce the clothes that she had stolen, and she did so. And the king placed the clothes in front of Bisclavray. Bisclavray didn't do anything, and the same wise man said again, My king, you wouldn't expect this man, this noble knight, to expose himself so badly as to appear naked in front of everyone, to shapeshift in your great hall in front of everyone, for everyone to see. Just take him in your rooms, give him some privacy, and see what happens. Again, this is wise advice, said the king, and took Bisclavray into his rooms and left him there with his clothes and closed the door behind him. After a while they went back in and they found a knight, a knight they knew well, sleeping on the king's own bed. The king ran to him, embraced him and kissed him many times. And it was not long before he restored his land to him and gave him more than anyone can describe. And he banished that woman from the territory. He exiled her from the region. And that night, he was kicked out as well to join her in her outcast state. Together, they lived the rest of their years and they had many children. And it was not a coincidence that those children were born without noses so that anyone could see the evil in their hearts. The story of Bisclavray is true and it was made and put to verse to be remembered forever and a day. And that, dear listeners, was the story of Bisclavray. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And here's a little challenge for you. Spread the word. Tell everyone you know about it. For those of you curious about my sources and references, you can find several links in the show notes. One will take you to the translation that I used for today's story. And the others will lead you to The Court Jester's social media where we can continue the conversation about Bisclavray, werewolves, and other medieval things. Now, before I leave you, I want to remind you that the court jester is the labor of love of a true medievalist, yours truly, 
And if you're feeling generous and want to support the podcast, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. In return, you will get access to bonus episodes, additional material and other delightful surprises. It's a way to give me a sense of achievement and to allow me to bring you more stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween and until next time.